the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series called Community and Pastor Sean says don't mess with the family. This is Real Life Radio. Hello. Hello. All right. Um, Ian is going to come pick me up, and then we are going to go and get his parents, and then we're going to be there in one hour, okay? Good, good. Okay. Is everything okay? What are you doing? I peeled the potatoes. What are you peeling potatoes for? I peeled some this morning. I know, but we need more. Well, how much are you cooking for these people? It's a lot of people. There's three of them. And us. Then us make seven. And the family. The family? You invited the, the whole family? Of course. Ma, I said come for a quiet dinner and meet my parents. They might as well meet the whole family, right? Maria. I gotta go. Taki's here. Bye. I'm coming. Ah! Look, brother, brother. Okay, honey, put it on the spit. Welcome to my home. Um, over here is my brother, Ted, and his wife, Melissa, and their children, Anita, Diane, and Nick. Over here, my brother, Tommy, his wife, Anzi, and their children, Anita, Diane, and Nick. And here, my brother, George, his wife, Frida, and their children, Anita, Diane, and Nick. Taki, Sophie, Kari, Nick, Nick, Nick. Nick, Nick, and uh, Nick, Nick, uh, Nicky, and I am Gus. <laughs> ah, family, you gotta love, you gotta love them. Yeah, I grew up in a Sicilian family in Chicago. And so it was, it's funny, the, the different ethnic families, it was very much like that. Instead of him all being Nick, it was, and this is Vinny, 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 Mike, Mike, Vinny. So it was very, it, I can totally relate to that whole thing. And that was done in Chicago, so I, I kind of get it. We're obviously going to talk about family a little bit, okay? And, and to be honest with you, families come in all shapes and sizes, as we just saw there, and they can be very different. To be honest with you, how you view family is going to shape how you respond and process over the next 30 minutes. It really is. Because we're talking about community. Remember, we looked last week at Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, flip over there. Flip Ephesians 2 as well as Galatians chapter 3. We're going to look at both of those real quickly here. We read some things, and I want to pick up just reading the last part of Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. This is part of what we had read last week. And it says, Consequently, 
You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Look at that phrase, members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, you remember in the previous verses that we had covered last week, talked about how there was this brokenness, this dividing wall of hostility was the, what the scripture said. There's this something inside of people that creates division. And it can have all different faces, all different names, but bottom line, it separates. And we saw that that's fundamentally what sin always does. That's what sin does. It kills and it separates. And we saw that in this idea of a community, God was fixing this division, this brokenness. He was repairing something. In Jesus Christ, he dealt with the sin problem. Dying on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so we could be forgiven and restored to relationship with him. But Jesus himself said, and I'm going to build my church. And the word he uses, ecclesia, it really means community. The community. A group of people who would come out of one life and step into another. I will build my community and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so God is doing something. We saw that there are three metaphors in Ephesians chapter 2. One was the metaphor of the body. We talked about it last week. If you missed last week's message, I encourage you to go back at reallife.org and check that out because there was some fundamental stuff about us being the body. We saw that, that living outside a community is like living, trying to live without a body. This doesn't work. And that's what the Apostle Paul talked about extensively. and We looked at that last week. That's one of the metaphors. The body, the family is another metaphor. That's what we're going to look at this morning. And a building is a third metaphor. We'll look at that next week. Now, interesting, as I was looking at this, came across something that I found kind of fascinating, that if you take out the first four books of the gospel, okay, and just the books of Acts through Revelation, so you've got Acts, you've got the epistles, Paul's epistles and, and the others, and then the book of Revelation. How many times do you think the word brother, and, and it was done in the earlier translations of the scripture, kind of in the literary sense of brother, and it meant brothers or sisters, the more recent translations have just called it, because it was really gender neutral, called it brothers and sisters. How many times do you think that phrase, either brother or brothers and sisters, is in those books? If you take out the Gospels, there's 23 books. 186 times. And understand, these books, they're letters. They're letters. In these 23 letters, the, the phrase brothers and sisters, 186 times. It was the way they referred to one another. And we go, well, of course, it's church, you know, and I, I grew up in Pentecostal church and everybody was brother or sister. We didn't call, you know, Mr. Davenport or Mrs. Davenport, no, brother Davenport and sister Davenport or whatever the name was. It was brother and sister. And I thought that was normal. It was embarrassing when I got to school, but they fixed me. They, they corrected that. I was like a little Amish kid, you know. But uh, you need to understand, that is not the culture that the Apostle Paul lived at in. That was not thrown around in that kind of capacity. No, in fact, this was a radical declaration. That would have been significantly off-putting to many of his listeners because they were Jewish. See, Paul came from a people that was built around the legacy of a family. It was all about a family. Great-great-great-grandfather Abraham. And the family that came from and they were God's chosen people. And they had a history of having to fight for their distinction because they were surrounded by different enemies. They had been under different pagan empires and they had to fight for that distinction. So their family identity was precious. 
And it wasn't about racism and just separation. It was really about survival, trying to maintain our values, our religion in the midst of all these changing cultures and empires around us. And here the Apostle Paul starts, and you understand he's writing to churches at Corinth where there were a few Jews and a bunch of Gentiles. And then Galatia were the same thing, and Ephesus. And he's saying, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, you're a family, you're a family, you're a family. This was a very radical and challenging word for these people. It was not something that they were predisposed to accept. In fact, in Galatians, he kind of cuts right to the chase and says to that very mixed crowd, Galatians 3, beginning at verse 6, he says, So also Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteous. As you understand, that's theology. He starts with a bit of theology in that statement. He's saying, you know how Father Abraham was chosen, right? Because he believed. Abraham got in on the basis of belief. It wasn't the law. It wasn't birthright. It was belief. And it was credited to him as righteousness. And then Paul goes on and says, understand then, those who have faith are the children of Abraham. He's saying it always has been and still is about faith or belief. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Listen to what he says. And announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. And then he quotes from Genesis 12. They should have known all along. All nations will be blessed through you. This Messiah that was promised would be a savior for the whole world. Abraham was. They were were totally designed to be God's chosen people. Who he would favor, who he would protect, he would guide. But the whole point of the thing was to bring redemption to the whole world. They would be the source of through their lineage of the Deliverer. When Jesus Christ was born, he was born to the seed of Abraham. So those, verse 9, who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Skip down to verse 26. He kind of brings it right home for him. He says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And there's a room with Jews and Gentiles. You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And then he really gets to it. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither slave nor free. Nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ. In this family, he goes right at, yeah, goes right to racism. No, there's no Jew nor Gentile. Yeah, not in Christ, not in the family. Socioeconomic difference, divisions, yeah, no. No slave nor free, nope. No, there's no gender f- distinctions or, or hierarchy. Male or female, you are one in Christ. You're family. And then he kind of brings it home with this. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. You're his children. And heirs according to the promise. In other words, if you belong to Christ, you're in the family. All the old divisions are gone in Christ. Belonging. Descendants with the rights of family. He even uses the phrase heirs. All the rights and privileges of family, they come to everyone who is in Christ Jesus. He says, I, you are a family. But he's talking to a particular group of people, he's, and they're looking at each other as they're reading this letter. Your family. So we're going to call you brothers and sisters. And we want to take a quick break to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Community. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermons page at the River City website called reallife.org. 
And if you think you'd like to come and visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to this message on community. This is Real Life Radio. If you're taking notes, please write this down. The community is the earthly experience of God's family. You want to experience God's family? It has to be done in the community because that's the way he designed it. That's the way the scripture lays it out. That's where the family is. The community is the earthly experience of God's family. And it is something he envisioned from the beginning. It was part of this plan of redemption. The family. Great movie clip we came across um, from the show Parenthood. And in this clip, Zeke Braverman, who's kind of the grandfather and the patriarch of this family, um, is taking his granddaughter to a junkyard to see the car that she was in when she and a friend who'd been drinking. The friend was driving, but they'd been drinking and had a terrible accident. And it's a very powerful statement about family. Take a look. So, it's all about? I want you to see something. Recognize? Yeah, it's the car. It's Gary's car. Mm-hmm. Come here, take a look. You looking? Yeah, I see it. Amber, you know, I was two years in Vietnam. Do you know what I thought about? What I dreamt about? It's coming home. And having a family. Having grandkids. I dreamt you, Amber. And Hattie. And Drew. And Sydney. Jabbar. And Max. We almost lost you, Amber. I know. You had some bad breaks. Not feeling good about yourself. Didn't get into Berkeley. Well, boo friggin'. Yeah, suck it up, girl. You're a braverman. You got my blood in your veins. Now, you ever do something like this again? You even think about doing something like this. I will personally kick your little butt all the way from here to the Golden Gate Bridge. You do not have my permission to mess with my dreams. Are we clear? 
It's powerful. You do not have my permission to mess with my dreams. And as I saw that, I thought about this family thing that we're a part of this community has been God's vision and dream since the beginning. And I want to say to you, you do not have permission to mess with his dreams. We don't have permission to kind of take it or leave it, to say we need it or don't. I just want to be real clear. You know, there are a lot of people in who just say, oh, I don't really need the church. I don't need community. I, I, I can do it on my own. I just want to say, kind of what I shared last week, um, just because you say it doesn't make it true. It just makes you deceived. And I want to say to you, God designed this community, this family to be something that's a gift, something to, of a blessing. He designed it to be something real and transformative. You don't get to mess with God's dreams. And folks, the scripture's real clear. Without the community, you're living outside of the family. Now, I have to, I have to address something that I think is kind of just a big obvious thing in the room. Um, some people may not really like the sound of the word family because your experience of family has not been good. Okay? That's just truth. And God didn't design it that way. And to the degree I think that we follow God's design and His plan, family can be a blessing. There is no such thing as a perfect family. If you see a family and go, they're the perfect family. It must be wonderful. Everything's perfect. Yeah, no. They're just better fakers than the rest of us. Okay? And that doesn't mean they're not a good family. I'm not saying that. Just, just right up front, there is no perfect family. Okay? It's just the way it works. When we follow God's plan, though, in our marriages. And we follow God's plan in raising our kids and living as a family. Family is good. And it is to be a gift and a blessing. But here's the problem. Many of our parents or grandparents didn't follow God's plan. And then many of us come from pretty broken, messed up, familial situations. And that's just truth. The good news is, God has a family for you that is to be an amazing gift. God wants you to experience the healthy gift of family that fundamentally, intuitively, you know you were created for. You know is supposed to be the way relationships work. And that family is the Christian community. That doesn't take anything away from our natural families as we, we desire to see them grow and become better. I'm just saying to you, if, if you hear family and you're like, nope, I had enough of that, I don't need any more family. <laughs> no thanks. And that's the way some people feel and respond. I just want to say to you, this is a different kind of family. And God wants it to be a gift to every one of us to respond differently. You know, we think about family and we come from an American context. Uh, the Apostle Paul didn't when he wrote what we read. In fact, the opening video clip we showed, the big fat Greek wedding, which by the way, if you haven't seen the movie, awesome movie, you need to check it out. That family's probably closer so what Paul's thinking then kind of the more Americanized, kind of we, we have everything private, we have everything, you know, segmented and our privacy fences and kind of this is our family, this small, this was this bigger, inclusive, open, communal understanding. That was the idea of family. And I'm just saying God wants this family to be a gift. Listen to what John wrote about in his epistle. First John chapter 3, beginning at verse 11. He says, for this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. 
He's talking to the family, to the body. He says, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who doesn't love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Remember what Jesus said? If we hate, it's already in our heart. It's as though we've carried it out because it's, it's, the seeds are already there. So this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. A couple observations about family. Number one, family loves one another. Because this community of ours, these community groups, this community, this fellowship, we're to love one another. That's what family does. Family loves one another. And I love what John said, yeah, not in words or speech, but with action and actions and in truth. See, I'm not talking about romance here, okay? Romance is awesome. Romance is awesome. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about just feelings or emotions. I'm talking about actions, deeds. I'm talking about love, the decision. Love is a decision to make an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. That's what love is. Because every person's imperfect. And when you love, you say, okay, I'm going to be committed to you. That's what family love is about. When we say we love each other, we're committed to each other. Understand the dynamic of family, and that's why it's such a powerful metaphor. In a family, your place isn't earned. Okay, It's yours by birthright. You're born into it. That's it. It's not earned. And that's a paradigm shift for us in our performance-based environment with all our performance-based relationships. Family, it's like you're there because you were born. And, you know, we, we get that. We understand that every one of our families has that kind of weird uncle who drinks too much at every family gathering like... We're not even serving alcohol. Where did you get it? (laughs) Come on, man. Or that one who comes and always stirs up trouble, and you're like, and you know what's what's weird? Next Thanksgiving, they're going to be there. Do you know why? Because they're in the family. They're in the family. It's, It's not based on merit. You don't earn it. It's like, he's our uncle. That's our aunt. It's my sister. It's my grandpa. Whatever it is, they're in the family. And that's the idea of unconditional love. It says, you know what? I may not be happy with you right now. I may not be happy with your behavior. And it's not candy coating or sugar coating anything. It's just saying, but you're still my family. You know, we get all wrapped around the wheel over Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 4 where it says they, they sold their possessions and gave to one another. And people get all weirded out and they go, oh my gosh, that's, that's communism, that's socialism. How, how can that be? Is, is, is the Bible saying, and some people come all the way over here and they say, the Bible says the perfect economic system is socialism and we should all be socialists. And then we go, no, 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 that's not the truth. That can't be. It doesn't work. And, and, no, that was only for a specific time, a specific season. Folks, what are we getting all weirded out? It wasn't communism. It was family. It wasn't communism. It was just family because that's what families do. And if you think of it in the context of family, it's not such a big deal. I mean, think about how much family passes stuff around and shares. I mean, I feel always sorry for the last kid from the last sibling, right? You know, it's serious. How, how terrible is that poor kid? Because the brand new crib that the first kid from the, in the first family got, the crib is new and pristine. And then by the time the last little one's like, I can't even believe you let me sleep in this. This is third world. What, why did you do this? 
It, that was in the family. That crib, you know, your mom gave it to your sister, her sister, and then the, you know, the clothes, the poor kid. That's just normal because it's family. It's not communism. It's family. And that's what they were experiencing. They were loving each other because what John said, how, how can you see your brother or sister in need and just ignore it? I want to say that kind of loving one another is such a powerful thing. Powerful testimony to the world around us. Reaching and serving the world is a very important part of our mission. It really is. We talk about it all the time. We're going to talk about it actually a little more next week as we talk about a building. But, but remember, what we are as a community is the best message of the gospel that there is. It is the best illustration of the gospel. What we are, because people are fundamentally hungry for something real. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Community. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message and the series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.